Check. Check, check. Check, check. We are good to go. We are good to go. Check. How are you? That's a Texas size 10-4. Hey. Roger, Roger. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. That was a little unconventional. What was going on there? I was just I had to replug yeah. in something and uh, it's all uh-huh. set. It's good. So you plugged? Yes. Okay. We'll wrap it up. <laughs> God, it's so early. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Oh, I need to disclose. Can I disclose? Well, I mean, we need, I feel like each episode we should have a full disclosure statement ready to go. Oh, I try to disclose before I get on the air, but I do have this bleach bucket here. I, uh, good morning. Good morning. It's, it's the optimistic day. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't have a lot prepped, but you know, my heart is open and my spirit is willing. Uh-huh. I'm happy, I'm just happy to be alive, man. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you, know you don't just want to do another, you know, hour and a half talking about the Apple watch or anything. You don't actually, you know, it's funny. You should say that. I, <laughs> I it's very funny. You should say that. What I do have a little bit is about Apple stuff. And I was oh God, the train's loud this morning. When it's foggy, it's very loud. I uh, was also thinking, you know, it'd be fun. Let's do maybe another hour and 20 just bitching about Apple. <laughs> I, I have so much. I have so much material. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, well, when we say bitching about Apple, I just mean, oh, oh they're costly stuff that <laughs> doesn't work right. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you use an iPad much? You know, I have a relatively new iPad Pro. I really like it. I really don't have that much occasion to use it. I find that what I do mostly on it is, you know, it's so hard for me to not, like if I have a regular laptop in front of me, it's it's really hard not to But like if you're sitting around watching Letterkenny, watch five or six episodes of Letterkenny, what are you typing on? Yeah, you're, I mean, not, you're not watching TV and using a device. No, I don't. No, I'm a kind right. of a unitasker when it comes to that kind of thing. It's as, but, but not because I want it to be. Want to be. It's, it's because I'm hopeless when it. If I have a computer out, I'll just yeah. start like doing stuff with it. Whereas if I have an iPad, right. I'm like, well, I know I can't work on this. So you'll de- you default to a computer. If it's available, you don't default to, that's interesting to think about idea of like a default devi- device in some ways, which is, you know, again, very, um, privilege. Is that the right word? Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta be, uh, a little bit of a, uh, dork with money to have more than one Apple device we can stipulate. But like, I think, I think it's an interesting point that we each gravitate toward a certain thing. And I feel like I could guess a lot of my friend's default device. Okay, let's I'm not, let's, I'm not let's at all do surprised. it. Do it. Run through okay, it. Okay, I'm not at all surprised to know. So, like, let's assume again. Forgive me. This is this is a, this is just a mental exercise. But let's assume that within arm's reach, or you know, a very short walk, you have access to like a desktop, a laptop, an iPad, a phone, right? Anything else? I'm, and maybe even a watch. Can yeah. we throw a watch? Yeah, in? throw the watch in. Why not? Right, and that all of the things being equal. You could choose to use any of those devices to do a thing you want to do well, without regard to what the thing is that you want to do. Although obviously that can kind of matter. I could see, I'm going to guess that yours is uh, the laptop that you have, but nicer would be your choice. Yeah, exactly. Correct. <laughs> 100% yeah. correct. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I uh, contacted the, the, you know, I used, Jim used to, uh, Jim Dalrymple used to, 
drop little hints and secrets and stuff. And he doesn't do that anymore. So I had to go to someone else to see if there was any like over under on the MacBook mm-hmm. Pro 16, which I'd really like to get if there was one. But he's like, you know, I said it was a he. <gasps> um, he said, you know, I'm still waiting for that invite from Apple for the October event, and I still haven't gotten it, so I don't know if it's going to happen yet. So that's that's the latest on that. But yeah, exactly. The laptop I have just better. <laughs> that's what I want. Um, what is the device you're least likely to grab? You know, I, I hate to say it, but probably the iPad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have iPad. You would you would use your watch to do a thing before you use your iPad. Depending on what the thing was, don't, like, don't, don't include the watch if you don't want to. Yeah, seems, I mean, that, that, I mean that might kind of uh, would, rig the contest a little bit. Yeah, let's pull throw, pull the watch out. It would be it would be computer in this case, laptop, phone. Apple, I, I vote that Apple Watch is not eligible to be the least used item, but it could for certain tasks be eligible for the uh, in a pinch. I just need to do this thing item because there are very much things where I would use the watch first. What would you use the watch first for? If I'm feeling lucky, uh, creating a reminder. Yeah. I mean, it's um, in our in our house, and um, I'm, I don't know. Okay, right. I'm going to just put all this aside. It would be very boring to, to feel the need to apologize for having electronics over and over. <laughs> in our house, we have an array of devices. So we've got, we've got stuff from Google. We've got stuff, lots of stuff from um, Amazon. And uh, all of us have uh, Apple devices. And um, but like for example, it, let's say I am I'm making biscuits or I'm making meatballs or my classic, the classic as everybody knows, sing along with me, making pasta. Mm. Uh, life hack from now on, every time you're making pasta, please set a timer. It's it's the easiest thing in the world, and your pasta will improve so much if you stop forgetting and letting it boil for eleven minutes. Perfect example um, of what you would use a watch for first. I do timers with it in, all the time. Yeah, in an ideal in an ideal world uh, where everything worked like I expected the first time. Yes, absolutely. Because here's here's part of the balance. Now, boy, now we're, we're, <laughs> we're deep into white wines, but like it's super easy to yell into the air. Amazon device. Um, so so the the nomenclature is slightly different to get the desired results. With the um, Amazon family of products, I would yell out Amazon Dingus set a nine-minute pasta timer. If I said that to an Apple device, I would say, hey, Dingus, remind me to take out pasta in nine minutes. Um, because you get different functionality f- from doing different things. Like there's a difference in the, in the world of the Amazon devices. There's a difference between a reminder and a timer. What I want with um, an Amazon device is a timer. What I want with Apple devices is a reminder. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I don't really want to keep creating endless numbers of rows of digital readouts in my alarm app, you know, or a timer app. <laughs> I don't I don't really use any of those. Uh, so, but, but if I'm in the kitchen and walking around, I can just yell out to create uh, a timer. The biggest problem that I run into, <laughs> this is admittedly a little bit of an edge case or a corner case. The biggest problem I run into is sometimes the uh, Amazon device that I would not prefer heard it and therefore will be the one that gives me the the, the timer. Right, right, yes. That's the, that is the single biggest downside, because guess what the huge upside is? It never doesn't know what I'm saying. Um, the Amazon device is not flawless, but extremely good at hearing me in different environments and knowing what to do. 
Um, so yeah, but to answer your question, if, uh, if, if it, okay, so you, 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 uh, with, with this enabled on your watch, you should be able to flip up on a, on a four or five series watch, I believe at least four or five, you should be able to flip your arm up and, uh, say, and, uh, and start talking. Hang on. Let, let me just try this real quick. I'm going to pause yeah. for just a second. All right. Okay. I'm just going to do this. So I'm going to try. I, I believe you're supposed to be able to hail this without touching the crown. Hmm. Or saying the words. Let me try it. Remind me to talk to Dan in three minutes. Okay, I'm, hang on. Didn't get it. Remind me to talk to Dan in one minute. Okay, so it got that with mm -hmm. me saying, hey, dingus. I believe it's supposed to be able to do that just when you flip, you flip your wrist up. But again, there's a cascade in the cascade, which is that the the easiest way to do that is to yell it into the air. Now, hope that it didn't get on the wrong device the, with your Apple devices, because yes, it will sync all together if everything's working well. Um, but that that should work. Uh, works um, eighty plus percent of the time. Right. Is doing what I just did, but prepending it with the Hey Dingus hail. What works uh, a higher amount of the time is holding down the digital crown. To make sure that, you know what I'm talking about? You could do a Hey Dingus by holding down the crown. Uh, none of those work as well as yeah. going into the air with the yeah. Amazon device. <laughs> yes, it's, it's true. Why is it so much better? Uh, something we've talked about probably once a month for three years. Uh, something I, I first heard John Syracuse call uh, internet weather. Um, which is just a good amorphous general term for for some kind of electronics and networking reason it didn't it didn't go, and as we talked about before, for Siri to work, a lot of stuff has to go well. To their credit, to Apple's credit, it has gotten way better over time. So I'm carrying on too far with this. In a lot of situations, if I, if it was okay, so here's an example that that I I can't I can never get away from, is that back in the day, uh, especially back in the days, even before 43 folders, one of the things that most inspired me to do 43 folders, probably the third biggest inspiration, was the app Quicksilver, uh, which was fantastic at being able to get into every, you know, Nicholas had figured out how to get into like every nook and cranny of your Mac with Apple Script or however you did it, you could do anything. And Quicksilver was really good, but the bigger it got and the better it got, the slower it got in some ways. So it, it stopped being what I would call a no-look app. At a certain point, miraculously, I think after someone else uh, took over mm -hmm. uh, Quicksilver, it got fast again, and it became a no-look app. So what's a no-look app? A no-look yeah. app is like launch bar for me, where I know if I hit command space and type TO and hit enter, it's going to open my task paper list for today. I don't have to look. I don't have to make sure that, you know, you know what I mean? I don't have to look. It never doesn't get it. Right. The only time it doesn't get it is if I hit the wrong thing, or if for some reason launch bars turned off. Do, do you follow what I mean? Yeah, it's like I get it, it. You know, it's one reason I think the Apple keyboard stuff drives people crazy because if if your E, if the E, lowercase E key on your Mac works 99.99999% of the time, that's really good, except it's still not good enough. It needs to work every single time without having to look to make sure it got the E. Yes, got it. And that's where that's where the watch gets frustrating is because I want it to be like that good, that like that like flawless do you know what I mean? Yes. And, and so there's, there's like, I, I get the feeling you use Siri a fair amount to do stuff like messaging, right? Yeah. I or love, you used to anyway. You used to. No, I still do it. But what I'm not, I'm not, I guess there's two ways to use Siri for messaging. One would be to, uh, to wake it up and then say, 
tell my wife I'm on the way home or something like that, or, um, or I'll, I'll grab the milk or whatever. And it will compose the message for you. And then it'll say, I'm going to send this. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. And then you say, yes. So there's that. And, and then, in that case, you're, maybe you could be grateful about that because on more than one occasion, you sent me something like that and you said, no, I meant to say this word instead of that. Yes. But like, but if you have to proofread Siri, it's not as effective. No. If you and have then to proofread the, and then approve, it's lost a lot of its no-look functionality. Right. Yeah. yeah, it really has. And then also the, I do use it for dictation quite a bit. And I, you know, like, I don't know where they draw the line between is it Siri or is it dictation? Is it something else? I can't answer that. But I feel like Siri, Siri is like the big circle in the Venn diagram with lots of stuff. <laughs> dictation is part of Siri. Yeah. But, but obviously Siri is more than dictation. But Siri is right. also the functionality of being able to, on your device, know that it happened and like send, it, send the right thing to the cloud. Yeah. yeah, but that's it. But if you can't, but if you, I mean, and again, I'm at this point now, I'm seriously not, I'm not trying to actively bag on Apple for this because I get that this is a very difficult problem um, for any company to solve. But to, to, to get to our exercise, the exercise is if you knew that you could do this on a device, like part of your preference in a device is knowing it'll do the thing. Your E key just works on this computer. So of course right. that's the one you're going to use. Right. If you're, if you've like some, like, uh, like my friend Alex, like uh, had a, has had a hand injury. Like if you know you're going to struggle to type on like a small phone, you're probably not going to use a small phone because you have your reasons for preferring something else. To, to your point about dictation, um, I'll sometimes go through these phases. Phases, I'll have a day or an afternoon or a morning where I decide I'm going to try and interact to the extent possible, 100% interact with my devices using just my voice as an exercise. And, you know, there's there, I rarely do it for more than an hour or two to be honest. But what is shocking is how well and f- quickly dictation works most of the time. It is fast. If you have to type a short paragraph, if you have to type a word, uh, if you include the things like how likely it is to go well, if you have to type a word or five, typing might be your best thing. Mm-hmm. If you have to type a short, short paragraph or like you know, two to three sentences, I would encourage the listener to try that with Siri more often than you currently do. Uh, in my experience, it's shocking. Even if you allow for the time that you need to go back and fix something, and sometimes Siri's pretty good at guessing, hey, is, I might have gotten this word wrong, and it'll blue blue highlight it. But don't you don't you find that like a lot of time straight dictation is is pretty great? Yeah, it's really good. I have more luck with it than I would really expect to have. To be honest, I mean, yeah. it's you know it it will get the mistakes that it makes are are interesting and confounding to me because I, I try, you know, like I try to enunciate clearly when I'm speaking and dictating to, mm-hmm. to it so that it gets it better, but still it, if it doesn't know word, it comes up with some very weird suggestions. So, mm-hmm. but other than that, and that, you know, and usually when it screws it up, it's close enough that I'm like, ah, eh, you know, like I'm sending this to my friend or my family you might have or to whatever. Double click and hit up or what's it called? Replace. You might have to double click and hit replace for yeah. a few words. But like I say, for something, the length of a short paragraph, I can almost promise you uh, that if you have a decent connection, that's going to be faster right. than having typed the whole thing. Yes. At, least, at least in my experience. Yes. But yeah, that, that's how you arrive at that. Um, uh, and so and like when I think about which thing to grab for, I'm mentally, I have this mental unintentional or unconscious algorithm for what it is I'm going to do and how best to do it. And I can promise you or uh, just say that for a lot of stuff that I do, especially at home, 
the 10-ish inch latest iPad Pro is absolutely what I grab because it's in the sweet spot for everything. It's got so much, it's got so much power. It's so fun and easy for me to use just in terms of my own taste and interest. But also if I do have to type with my thumbs, having to do that with the big iPad Pro is not a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. If I have to type, if I know I'm getting into some kind of, I, I open my phone and I see the number 40 on the badge and I'm like, oh, the boys are at it again. <laughs> I'm going to have to get involved in the discourse. Uh, then I will hop onto a computer and, you know, it's easy enough to learn pretty quickly when, when your friends are on a computer <laughs> versus their phone. Oh, yeah. But I, I, we should return to this maybe after you talk about something you like, but I, because I think it is interesting. It's, it's, I don't know what you call it. I don't know if you even know if algorithm is the right word, but there's some kind of a process my mind goes through that um, that does like a um, a pro and con on all the things that I need to do and what what what's best easiest most fun to do it with, and I do feel like there is a preponderance or like even like a cascade of like I, I given the choice I'll almost always choose this thing and if mm-hmm. I don't it'll be this thing mm-hmm. and I can for damn sure tell you it won't be that thing and I it's that, to me that'd be fun to explore and we should also speculate our, about our friends. Because I bet I can guess for most of our friends. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I think you're going to nail it. Okay, let me let me tell you about our first sponsor today. It is Zapier. Uh, Zapier. Zapier. Right, happier. I'm so glad you told me that. I didn't know either. I, I mean, I'm it was confusing. Yeah, I'm making less of an idiot of myself now because I say Zapier. Well, you know, you know, it's important to get things, to get things right. That's, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, isn't it? So mm-hmm. Zapier mm-hmm. is here. Because they understand, they exist because they understand that growing a business is hard, especially when you're wasting hours every day moving data from emails to spreadsheets to your other system, a database or a CRM or whatever. And you would think like we have computers and computers are smart and they should be able to talk to each other. That, that kind of thing should just happen and it should be able to happen automatically without me or you or anyone having to do something. And that's what Zapier is all about. I mean, it's especially important if you're running your own business or you're doing lots of different jobs, wearing lots of different hats because your to-do list gets kind of crazy and you think, can I automate this stuff? How do I automate it? I don't know how, and I don't want to spend a ton of time figuring it out. Again, that's what Zapier is really, really good at. This is the easiest way to automate your work. It connects all your business software and handles the work for you so you can focus on the things that you want to do or that you do best or that you need to do and stop wasting your time on tasks that could be automated. So an example of this would be, let's say you're doing something with Patreon and whenever someone signs up to Patreon, you want this other app, maybe a newsletter or something like that, to be notified or to add them to the list or some, you know, something like that. You want something to happen. It could be a dozen different things. Zapier is set up to allow you to very easily connect these different services. And they've got so many services in there and they're already like all of these little workflows and automations are right there for you. you. You wouldn't believe what you can do with it. And just when you think, well, this software can't talk to that one, it can with Zapier. That's the cool thing about it. Now, they made a special URL, Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R. That's how you spell that. Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com slash back to work. Go there and check it out because through November, you can try it out for free for 14 days and you get full access to everything. So go check it out. Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com slash back to work. You'll get a free 14-day trial 
And, uh, you know, they say here in these notes that there's 4.5 million people who are saving an average of 40 hours per month by automating stuff with Zapier. And you can That's be a lot one of hours. Them. It's Oof. a lot of hours. So go check it out. Zapier.com slash back to work. Thanks very much to them for making this show possible. Thanks, Zapier. Bok, bok. Um... So you're going to do some guesses? You want to, you know, you're going to just throw some people well, you know, out I mean, and try and guess? I, I, don't, or I, I, don't know, I don't know how amusing the long run that would be, but I can tell you that there's this whole group of friends that I will just, uh, I would just call my, my white guy podcaster friends, where mm -hmm. I think unlike a lot of people, even their age at this point, I, I think we have a lot of friends that would prefer to use a desktop computer or laptop computer for most things. Yeah. I mean, I think given, I, I mean, and obviously it varies, it varies. Um, but like you think about John Syracuse, I think the latest and greatest and fastest and most tricked out uh, Mac Pro available would probably be his preference. For yeah, for sure. I th thinking again about my friend Alex, like um, I, my, I bet you dimes to donuts that she would prefer uh, an iPhone for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. My kid uh, is very comfortable. She's not needing to use her Chromebook like for anything for school this year. So yeah. she barely touches her Chromebook anymore, which, you know, was a boon companion at, um, in a, her last year of elementary school. I mean, God, she was just using it all the time. She had to use it. It's a big Google Docs, uh, Google Suite kind of um, right. house where she right. used to be. Right. School, I should say. And to add to that, um, kids, I, yeah. I think, are are interesting because what they're exposed to, not just not just with their friends, but just in general when, when it comes to technology, like both of my kids, for them... Things start kind of with an iPad, like that's that's, that's their what I was home say. base. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, and yep. it's so it's so interesting because, you know, we have plenty of computers in the house, and they could mm -hmm. use one of those instead if they ever wanted to. If they ever wanted to use a computer, we've got computers in abundance, in abundance, <laughs> ready yeah. for them to use. I mean, there's a there's a uh, a MacBook Pro that's a few years old that's, you know, technically is my son's if he ever wants it. Uh, but the only thing he'll ever do with it is when he wants to play the Java version of Minecraft, he'll boot in boot camp and, um, and that, that's like, that's all that he uses it for. Everything is with his iPad now, primarily his school iPad. You know, he watches videos, he does his homework, he does everything. It's all on the iPad. And my daughter <laughs> uh, has her slightly older iPad that she's not doing work on that yet. Cause her homework still involves like coloring and things like that, like real world you know, mm -hmm. um, so, but still for her, like the iPad is the go-to device. I would take that even, uh, boy, I'm this is going to be so broad. So forgive me, but this, this is, uh, I agree with you. And I think it's super interesting now. Well, let me ask you this. And I hope it supports my argument because it'll make me look a lot better. <laughs> You'll be um, real smart if I say yes. <laughs> is there? Yeah. It'll make me look really good. Uh, so <laughs> play along. <laughs> I, well, okay. No, I'll just say that, um, my kid, let's put it this way. My kid uses an iPad in uh, landscape mode a lot, a lot, a lot more than mm, I do. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm, I'll walk in and I, you know, just you start noticing these things. And I think that's such an interesting behavioral thing because, but you think about her use for that, and a lot of it's watching YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, obviously, Minecraft, those kinds of things where it does make sense. But also, uh, landscape is really, it's the orientation of the Switch. It's the orientation of PlayStation. If you had to say, okay, well, PlayStation, just writ large, is that landscape or portrait? Well, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of neither, but it sure is a heck of a lot closer to landscape than portrait. Just in terms of like the way the screen looks. 
But a Switch, which she only ever plays, held in her hands and looking at the screen is in her hands. She never looks, she never has it on the TV. It's the wildest thing to me that you, she's finished Breath of the Wild a couple times. Yeah. And it's just so wild to me that of all games, she's not watching that. On a 55-inch TV. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah, it's, I don't get it either. My son it's has... so beautiful. Why wouldn't you... But that's, again, if you think about that, and at least allow me that, that all makes a lot of sense. The screen goes here in right. this orientation. Right, that's where right. the screens go. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And my son is the same is the same way. There, both of these kids that I, in my house will always go landscape mode first. I'm only in land... Like, I switch reluctantly... To landscape photo editing for photo editing. I'll do um, whether that's in. Well, and in a second, I'm going to get to taking photos as well. But Mm -hmm. photo editing, whether that is Snapseed or Lightroom or any or just now the increasingly very good uh, photos editing uh, stock from Apple. uh, I will frequently do that because you get more, especially on a big iPad, you get a lot more real real estate on screen. But I'm just I guess I'm stipulating or proposing that one reason kids are like that is that they live in a landscape world, a handheld landscape world. So that does on in on that account make a lot of sense. But yeah, but like your kids, mine, she, I have to drag her kicking and screaming into using a computer for stuff where that I, I feel at least historically for me makes more sense. But then again, let's look at the photographs. And at this point, it's become unfashionable to even point out how stupid it is that people take all of these portrait photos. But look how many portrait as in up and down. Up and look down. Look how yeah. many people every photo they take. I guess, you know, it might get cropped to a square for Instagram, so you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, you see people out in the world taking photos. I catch myself doing. I'm like, what kind of monster are you? Why would you Why would you take a, a portrait photo of something that's going to be on a landscape screen? Like, I, when I look at photos, I'm going to look at it in landscape. It's going to be on the TV or it's going to be, you know, however. And I'm not saying there's never any reason from a composition standpoint, I'm not saying there's never a reason to take a, but I think it's out of convenience as you hit the button. You know, if you know the tricks, you know the, you know the long press on the camera button from the lock screen, or, you know, swiping from right to left to get to the camera. I think a lot of people may not know that trick. You know, that if you're on the lock screen and you slide from the right side to the left side, you're in camera right away. Oh, right, right. I forget that. I forgot that. So <laughs> hold on, but, lock but screen. Especially, okay, and but you, think you about can just this. slide and you're right there. Look at that. I always tap the, the little bottom right hand well, uh, button. Because that used to be control center stuff, right? That's like right. Back in the million years ago. Right. But think about this. I mean, if you're especially if you're holding an iPhone, not an iPad, and you're taking a photo... Um, especially something very fast, there's a pretty good chance you're doing that one-handed. Well, show me how great you take a photo, you take a landscape photo one-handed, because you don't. You need two hands to take a good landscape photo. Whereas a portrait photo, you can totally get away with a one-handed photo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Small distinction, but like imagine how that behavior accretes over five years of using a given device in a given way. You evolve yourself into that kind of behavior. Mm. You know? Um, So... And then, unless you're one of the moms at school who's, who is holding their iPad. This always drives me so crazy. It sounds like an SNL bit, and I guess it is, but I call it the, well, let's just say I will truncate it to the uh, the iPad mom zoom, which is when you're holding your iPad up in the air and you're like 80 feet away from where your kid is performing on stage and they're already a dot. Yeah. And you can see them doing the, they're, they're holding it up and they're shooting the video and you can see them zooming with with their fingers. I know. And you can from from me 15 feet away I see how hard the thing is jittering because they have zoomed. <laughs> I mean anybody who's used a camera can tell you the photo is not 
getting closer. You're right. just making the screen make it look like it's bigger than it actually is. Right. You're just getting a bunch a bunch of uh, a bunch of greasy pixels captured. It doesn't look like anything. <laughs> and with all that jitter, it's bananas. Um, but that that's isn't that interesting? So like the youths are running around uh, doing uh, one handed uh, portrait photos. And it's the parents that are running around with their giant uh, phablets or or iPads or whatever, taking photos and videos. I am just shocked every time. I will see people, they do it all the time. They'll hold up their iPads and use them as to take pictures. It just is really weird to me. I just, and I mean, fine, good. You've got something yeah. you can use to take pictures. Excellent. It's just, it's serviceable compared to, I look at stuff of mine. I posted something the other day, uh, a photo of a BB edit shirt I got in like 1997. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look at the photo of that, that I took with my then almost certainly Samsung phone in probably 2002 or three. Right. And, uh, it's, I'm just struck. It's like 300 by something. It's, it's so, I don't remember it ever being that tiny. I look at it on Flickr and I'm like, that's the biggest, ver- that was the quote unquote original size of this photo. It's, and it's just, it looks terrible. So by comparison, yeah. I mean, even a four, three or four year old iPad takes a pretty good photo compared to what we used to have. Yeah, for sure. But like, like I mentioned last week, now at the 10, excuse me, 11 pro thing that I've got, uh-huh. I'm just sitting around. Last night I watched Dunkirk again. So good. And I just, I'm just sitting there in the dark taking photos to see what it would look like. It's the weirdest behavior in the world, but I, I grabbed the 13.2 beta to see mm-hmm. what the fusion thing looks like. Oh, so yeah. I've been trying to, I've been trying to force it to take in the three different modes. Like do give me a super HD with lots of light. Give me, I'm trying to get the sweater photo with uh, the fusion stuff, but taking the photo with night vision is be nah nuts. If you've got a tripod or a very, or you something you can like put the camera on, it's shocking how good the photos are. Oh, really? Oh, it's really, really something. I'll, I can send, I mean, it's very boring to send your uh, your friend in Texas sunset photos, but the kind of like before and after with night vision. And here's the thing, though. You do need, it is very smart. It is very good. But to get a good photo, you really do need to sit still. You're not going to do a one-handed portrait oh. <laughs> with night vision. Right, um, right. So anyway, just to say, so I guess what I'm getting at here at length in a very boring way is that I do think it's interesting how we get habituated to uh, certain decisions based on previous behaviors or limitations or opportunities. Like right. having having that, um, I, you know, the, the single thing I feel like made me use my iPhone less in the last five years is something totally irrational. I cannot peg to anything, but I'll tell you what it is. I don't know how this happened. When I first started using an iPhone, whatever that was, 2008, probably I got one, 2009. Right. Um, I was really, really bad at typing. Um, and I had not let go and let God. I had not given over to the just start banging on the keys and words will come out. I was still trying to act like it was practically T9. <laughs> for just a little bit. At some point, I got better at that. And I let go and let God. And I learned, that, oh, this thing's actually pretty good at figuring out what I'm trying to say um, even before you got the, do, is this the word you mean, you know, three mm-hmm. tab? Yeah, the little uh, prompt, yeah. But at some point I got good and and, and the, my f- iPhone and me became pretty good friends at, just type, 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 Dan Benjamin, I don't know what happened, but at some point in the last three or four years, one of us has lost it. And I'm reluctant to blame this on the phone, whether that's hardware or software. But what I can tell you is... The, the, the things that are produced by me typing on an iPhone are not nearly as accurate or fast as they used to be, or accurate. Totally you know, agree. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't you know, know what, what it is. Yes, absolutely, 100% well, no, well, agree. Okay, so, so 
have you had a similar experience? Uh, well, exactly the same. And really? I don't know. It's yes. not just me. No, uh, not at all. I don't know what it is. That doesn't make sense, Dan. It, but I feel like accuracy not just is be getting better. dropped. I don't know why it's dropped. I don't know if I'm doing something different. Are we thinking I don't too much? Like what, feel like what I'm is, doing something What's different. causing it? You tell me. You're the I know, I'm the expert. Yeah. I do that. Um, but okay, so I, that was mainly to be mentioned in passing, just to say that I think I, given the ridiculous power and fun and everything of this, of this last three years of phones, I mean, these are really, really good phones. They're really good cameras. They're really good everythings. You can send my, send my calls right to voicemail. Thank you, God. There's just so much stuff that I love about this. Um, but, uh, and yet, at the same time, isn't it funny that somewhere in the back of my brain bucket, I'm realizing that I could type faster on a different device, and so I'm using it less. Isn't that strange? It's pretty weird. You know, typing is the main interface that we have to interact with all of these different devices except the watch. And it, the big thing that really, really, that the iPhone did when it came out was it let us type without a physical keyboard, something that we don't even think about anymore. Of course we don't yeah. have it now. And now we look at a physical keyboard and we say, ha, what mm-hmm. would I use that for? What do I, I want that you watch for? An old, you watch an old Parks and Rec or an old, uh, you know, office. And it's just like, everybody's got a Blackberry with their yeah. keyboard. And it was like, it was like the, the, the MySpace of hardware where it was like, we couldn't imagine a world that this would not be the way we, the primary way this kind of thing is done. Sure. And now it's Remember completely different. There was a time when MySpace seemed like it was just going to be around forever. Facebook mm-hmm. was cute and looked better, mm-hmm. but MySpace was always going to be the, the, the winner. And I think Blackberries were the same way. Blackberries had all of the market until the day it had practically none. That's right. It kind of, it kind of disappeared almost overnight because we realized that this software keyboard and the other benefits of having just an all screen phone were huge. But part of that promise that Apple delivered on was that this would be just fine. And I remember mm-hmm. there were people who'd be like, well, I can't type as fast on it as I can with my BlackBerry. You never hear right. people talking about that anymore because we've all become very fast and at, at typing. And the phone is, the iPhone is very good at mm-hmm. guessing what we're trying to type and guessing what we mean. But then all of a sudden something happened. And I, after you said that, I, tr- I was trying to think about when exactly that happened. But it seems like it's been within yeah. the last year or two that that happened. That, um, I, I can't, I don't have anything. I don't know. I don't know when it, when it happened, except that I feel like that it happened and it could be any time in the last one to five years. I don't, I have no sense of that. Right. It's already fleet week again. I, I everything's happening, Dan. It's all happening so quickly, mm-hmm. but you, you feel like when you look back, well, let's, let's pin it to something a little bit, uh, easier, if a little more amorphous, you do, you have a little bit of that resistance because you feel like it's not going to be as good as you'd like it to be when you type. You, yes. You, like now you feel that? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. That's wild. I don't, I don't know. But again, this, these all feed into, uh, what this is this giant Uber conversation. These all feed into your unconscious decision-making about what you're going to use. And, and like you've just kind of, uh, I think very intelligently called out, it's also going to feed into your notion of what kind of change would be salutary or damaging. Like mm-hmm. I could never use that or this will never work. Or I imagine that would be great. Like a lot of us imagined the watch would be great at all these different things. And then we started using it and we ran up against a lot of the power and technological constraints of what you could actually accomplish that month 
with a watch. Mm-hmm. And I don't doubt for a second that within two years, it might be just blindingly different in terms of what you can do with your watch. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I have a very strange viewport into this because, as I said, so I've got a Series 5 watch, uh, and I've kept my Series 2 watch from 80 years ago. And boy, do I ever notice the difference. When I'm using the Series 2 watch, usually in the evening, uh, the right, screen you, is that's com- the that's your sleepy watch. That's my sleep watch, but it's it's comically small and comically slow. I don't even. It's so funny. Like we talked earlier about hitting the crown to do hey dingus. I'm I'm I could just I could do sit in the toilet for like ninety seconds because it's going to take ninety seconds to get through the process <sighs> of hitting the crown, having it flip on, having it do the thing. Just something as simple as uh, and again, I do prefer the larger sized. Uh, I guess the forty four at this point. But when they introduced the larger size screen. On Apple Watch, I guess last year, uh, boy, what a difference that makes! You, if when you're using a, an old little watch and a recent big watch, that screen feels huge. It's so much easier. It starts with typing in your little code. Typing in your code is so much easier on a recent watch. You're talking right? about the security code to unlock it if you've had it yeah. off of your wrist. If you yeah. haven't done the phone thing, if you're not doing the phone thing, right? Um, but I don't know. That is fascinating to me. And so I get the upshot in some ways is, well, if um, now that I've held forth about this for 37 minutes, uh, isn't it interesting to think about when new things come along that challenge my idea of how I interact? You know, how open will I be to <laughs> remembering all this history of like how things change? Probably not. I'll probably just be yet another old man yelling at the cloud. <laughs> that could be the title right there. But no, I mean, I really, I agree with you. And I also think that there is, you know, there is this uh, trend that we expect now. And Gruber had a really good article on this a number of years ago where he was talking about how every, every generation now, Apple is no longer coming out. And this doesn't mean they won't ever, but their current trend is they're not coming out with groundbreaking, game-changing devices every year like they did with the phone and then with the app ipad and then you know what i'm saying like and that's almost impossible like in the history and like uh, you can measure that by how shocked you were uh you know one monday or tuesday in june right how how, like year over year like how long can you sustain that level of uh, holy crap you know what I mean? It's, you can't. I mean, it's just it. it there especially aren't... when you're getting popular and trying to scale up and create more of these things, and like you're not going to be swinging at the fences from an operational standpoint. You know, if you're mostly at a certain point, you're. It's. I'm not. I'm not Tim Cook, but it seems like at a certain point, your priorities shift to being more about being profitable and operational. And you know what I mean? Like you still want to innovate and yay innovation, but you're right. You're absolutely right. It would be shocking. Like it's a, twice a year, they would come up with something where we would be like, "What is? There's no way this is going to work." Touch ID, touch ID, like everybody, well, not everybody, there's, but like a lot of people, touch ID, they're like, oh yeah, you do this thing with your fingerprint, I'm like, that's never going to work, like, what are you talking about, that's not going to work, <laughs> All right. I still th- I still prefer touch ID to face ID personally, I'd rather Me too. have, Me you, too. given the choice, it's not even a contest, nah. um, for all kinds of reasons, again, having to do with behavior, I can start unlocking the screen while the phone's in my pocket, and I don't, it, it's never wrong. Um, but no, but to be fair though, face ID, I never thought face ID would work, but it does, you know, that works all I right added I... as a second, I added, yeah, I added as an alternate look on my kid's phone. Cause a lot of, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff on, you know, getting her phone set up, set up this, set up that I'll allow this purchase, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but that, that's, that's, that to me, that's a pretty fair example of uh, another thing Merlin got colossally wrong is, you know what? It actually did work. 
It does. I don't like Face ID very much. It works most of the time, but I don't really like yeah. it as much as Touch ID. I would gladly switch to back to Touch I ID. I Touch ID on an old iPad and on a couple devices we have around, and uh, it's especially for stuff like Apple Pay. I feel like such a monster having to hit that top button twice. And I always I go into this group whenever I do whenever so like whenever I do whenever I do um, Apple Pay things on uh, iOS, like if I do that with a, a Touch ID device, it's mm-hmm. just the easiest thing in the world. I do what I'm already doing. I yeah. put my thumb on the button and it yeah, works. Yeah, it just works. With Face ID, I <clears throat> I kind of hold myself erect and I go into a very prayerful mode and I I try to cock my face at what I perceive to be the exactly correct direction, like I'm being scanned in some kind of like you know '90s sci-fi movie. And then I, I, I hold it. I'm, it's like I'm talking to the soup Nazi. I hold the, I, the iPad and I go click, click on the button and hope that my finger hitting the button doesn't mess it up. <laughs> Touch ID is so much easier. Can I ask you a question about Face yes. ID? Is something if yes. you've ever done. Have you ever tried Face ID, had it fail, and then tried again while you were smiling as if somehow... You're posing for a picture. Have you ever done that? No, I, I, I haven't. No, I, I, I that caught sounds myself like doing I, that. It's, it's much more like, like I say, it's much more like I'm standing at attention because, you know, gunnery sergeant's coming through and yelling at everybody. Right. Like I, I, I go, go mm, mm, I kind of like hold myself up. You're doing more of a charm offensive on the uh, camera. Is that right? Yes. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Like, oh, you didn't get. Oh, yeah. I wasn't. I didn't have the right expression on my face. So. Well, okay. Well, how about this? How about this? If it fails, <laughs> if it fails, because it's hard to know. So we, if it's failed and we didn't know it, we got a strike, even if we weren't at the plate. So it does happen that I'll pick up my device and it's already. Well, there's all kinds of reasons why Apple chooses to not let you face ID in, including stuff like it's been two weeks or whatever or however long however many days you haven't done it, you haven't, you know, put the code in, which is right, smart. Right. But sometimes I'm like, hey, I was using you like 20 minutes ago and now you give me three strikes already. And I feel like such a failure. I feel like my face has failed. How did I, how did I not get in? <laughs> yeah. I, know, I, I mean, I know I'm not the handsomest man in Albany, New York, but my goodness. <sighs> Dan, uh, you know, I, I do have, uh, uh, we got, I do have some odds and sods we could probably cool down with. Do you want to tell me about the a second thing you like? Yeah, I will. I will tell you most people I would think listening to this show have heard of Kensington before. Uh, Kensington makes tons of really great peripherals, especially for Macs, but for all kinds they locked, of they're, devices. They're, they're locked on my Mac right now. You, you got it locked down. That's right. <laughs> they, I've they, used Kensington since Christ was a corporal. There you go. I, so have I. And th- I think most people know of Kensington as being, you know, pretty, pretty cool, reliable company. And, and that's what I've always thought of them as. And especially when Wait, it comes am to I wrong about that, are they problematic? No, not at all. Are you, are you about to say something terrible about them? No, I'm about to tell you what they're doing <laughs> now. That's, that's really good. Um, they have come out with, and they've been making these for a long time, uh, are these really cool docking stations that they have for, especially, but not, not limited to, but especially for laptops and, you know, now that we have, like you were, it's, it's, uh, fortuitous that we've been talking about Macs and my, my Mac of choice is, uh, is a laptop and nothing is worse than having to plug in like 30 different cables to get it to work. And of course, with the newer Apple, uh, MacBooks, we have just USB-C now really Thunderbolt three. And so you, you automatically have to get tons of dongles and split things out. And, and if you're, if your MO is like mine, 
where I have one computer. It is a MacBook Pro and I, I take it home with me at the end of the day. And when I get to work, I have a computer screen that I like to plug it into, but there's other devices. I've got an ethernet uh, connection that I like to use. And there's, you know, different screens and different USB devices. I've got a, a little label printer, all this stuff. And a lot of these screens that we have nowadays, of course, they take different inputs. And what if you want to do something with HDMI because you're doing a, a screen capture thing? Like there's so much there that you want to do. And so now what you have to invest in a million dongles. No, you don't. I'm here to tell mm. you, you don't have to do that. I, I legit thought I had to invest in a million dongles. You don't, Merlin. I'm telling right, you. Okay. I, I, I am trying to imagine what the solution could be. And I honestly, to save my life, I cannot think of it. Well, they I have these, a million dongles. No, they have these really great docking solutions, all different kinds. They're all plug and play. They don't need drivers. They're going to give you, if you just want more point, but you just want a bunch of USB ports, they've got it. Maybe you want to connect 4K display with HDMI and display link video connections. They've got it. I mean, all of these things and they come in one, I mean, there's lots of variations, but when you get one, it's this sleek looking, super cool. It matches the look of the MacBook Pro. And it's this docking solution. So you plug it in, you're going to get power, you're going to get uh, connections to your screens, you're going to get USB ports, depending on what you want. You Maybe you get you want SD card readers built in. They've got that. Wow. And again, these things are for Macs and PCs. They work with everything. You don't need to install drivers and keep stuff updated. It just works. You plug it in and it just works. And, uh, and I love these things. They call them docking stations. And I'm, I remember back in the old days where you literally had like a physical thing that you would like slide your laptop into. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> like they, in a duo dock? They do make stuff like that. But remember the duo dock? Yes, was, uh, of course. The whole laptop with the dock thing? Yes. But that's yeah. not what this is. These are, these are just these cool looking boxes. You just plug one thing and boom, now you've got all these things connected. And oh, so I want to see, I want to see this. I want to see and understand this thing you're talking about. Tell me about the product. What, what, what are we talking about here? Let's talk well, about something important. You can go to kensington.com slash back to work. They set up that special URL and you can also learn about this thing they call the pro concierge program, which is mm -hmm. a very cool service that lets you like test drive the different universal Whoa. docs that they have. Oh my and God. So go there and check this out. <sighs> this is really good for businesses that are looking to find docking solutions for like their whole I company. This. I need this. Kensington.com so slash cool. back to work. <gasps> go check out the Kensington stuff. And thanks very much to them for making this program possible. Thanks Kensington. Buck, buck. I'm the concierge. Um, there's a lot of lines. <laughs> that's like your rap, your rap the, name is the concierge. The concierge with you. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I was doing it. See, the producers, there's a lot of uh, things from the 1968 movie, The Producers, that uh, I'm delighted to, <laughs> delighted to say are still very much alive and well in our home. Just there last night, my daughter, my daughter, you know, she's a kid. She's growing. She gets dumb injuries. She stubs her toe or whatever a lot. That's and dumb. She goes, I don't know if you have you ever seen the producers? You ever see the yes. Gene Wilder movie? <laughs> she's walking out of the room. And she goes, oh, I fell on my keys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're such a cool kid. I love I'm the. I, I, I'm I, what? And I'm hysterical. <laughs> Mel Brooks. The movies still hold up. We recently watched because you know it's, uh, it's kind of holds up. There are parts that are a little rough. Well, it's the Halloween time. Up. The so beginning holds up extremely well. Have you ever seen Young Frankenstein? 
Yeah, yeah. I yeah, we, we watch that. There's a couple little sexual innuendos that happen, but not, sure. not, not too much. And uh, She you has know, intercourse uh, with Peter Boyle in the dark. Well, you know, what happens, the way they do it is like, you'll see the two of them, you get an idea that something might happen, and then it yeah. will cut to them laying in bed smoking a cigarette. So yes, my sure. son now is under the impression that, that if you see two people smoking a cigarette, that they've probably well, that's, just that's where that Bruce Springsteen song comes from. Even if you're just smoking in the dark. I hate Frankie. <laughs> that's a different song. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney Cox comes up. Uh, you know, 1974 <laughs> was a hell of a year for Mel Brooks because he had Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles came out in the same year. Oh, man. Isn't that amazing to think about that? Two, uh, two loving and very, um, very naughty, <laughs> but very loving. In one case, universal movies, in the other case, uh, westerns, but two genre send-up picks, you know, decades before Edgar Wright mastered it uh but no that's wild they're both so good blazing saddle not for kids Nah, there's a lot of oof 15's my limit on schnitz and grubin um oh i fell on my keys <laughs> i'm wearing a cardboard belt <laughs> okay so digga 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 kensington closing that going to here He's texting me. Oh, it's Dan. Uh, so I had a couple quick little follow-up things. One thing that I wanted, you know, one thing I wanted to mention that's uh, kind of cool uh, that I'm excited about, and uh, not a huge deal, but interesting. Uh, put this in show notes. Uh, Spotify is now available on Apple TV, and uh, now it is, is uh, has Siri support on iOS devices. Which is kind of a, not a huge deal, but to me, very interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see this, well, I, I don't know. I mean, like for a long time, there's all kinds of stuff. There's just these weird holes. Everybody, all the nerds or geeks know about this, but there's just weird holes in availability. Um, why can you buy some companies' smart device things on Amazon and other companies' stuff not? Is it right. because of Amazon? Is it because of the company? Like, who knows? Like, it's very difficult to know. Why does YouTube work on, uh, why was YouTube so great on the Amazon show for a while and then it wasn't available and now it's kind of back? And like, it's just all these things where you're like, you see the results of these big turf wars getting played out, you know? And I, I have such funny feelings about Spotify because on the one hand, I know a lot of my friends have used and prefer Apple Music. I think mm -hmm. there's no contest, personally. Spotify as a music streaming service is just miles away from Apple Music. But I get why people like it. People get frustrated if I post a playlist, like, why don't you post this with Apple Music? And I'm like, well, why don't I do lots of things? But And then and yet I'm very frustrated with Spotify when it comes to podcasts, and they drive me a little bit crazy with that stuff. But uh, I think it's cool that for whatever whatever got worked out by somebody, I think it's cool that you can um, have Spotify on your Apple TV now. And uh, I, I only play with it a little bit with Siri. But, uh, you know, I think one of the killer features, I haven't said this in a couple months, so I'll bring this up again. I think one of the killer features of Spotify is the way that I can start listening even on my phone mm -hmm. over the speakers. And then if I go to my laptop and open Spotify... It'll be like, oh, do you want to keep listening to this on your phone or do you want to send this somewhere else? I'll be like, no, send it over to my home, home pod, you know, with AirPlay. And that way that like you, you don't have to stop the music like the whole time. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Spotify. Yep. It's really powerful. Like all of your options in there. I have a speaker set at our house uh, of Amazon devices called Upstairs. Um, and so at any point I can just say, play this throw to the, this array of speakers around the house. It's not the super highest quality, but 
if we just want to like uh, you know have, have a morning uh, jam out. Is that what it's called a jam out? Yes, I think so. Have a morning jam out. I can just throw that. So I think that's exciting. You What's know, your preferred streaming service? Yeah, still I'm only using Spotify. I a friend of mine was asking for help with uh, with Apple Music, and she handed me her phone. I'm like, I just, I she couldn't. It wasn't. It she didn't Ugh. want it to keep stay on repeat, but the option wasn't there anyway. You know, it's like. I can't provide support for you on this because I don't use it. She's <laughs> so that's, like, that's an unsupported service. She's like, well, what do you use? I'm like, well, I use, I use Spotify. And she's like, yeah. oh, well, how does that work? And, and I told her about it. And I'm, she's like, well, does it disconnect if I'm playing here and not playing there? I said, well, no, you get the family pack and it doesn't do that. And, you know, like for me, it's yeah. just overwhelmingly better. And I hate to say that because I'd like to have just one solution. But yeah, Spotify I'd like know, is... I'd like to know that the stuff that's been in my... I, I, I have such... It's one of those things where I'm just scared to even look. It's like the time I went down to our garage and discovered that all most of the photos from my life had been under a water leak. And now we're one beholder dinosaur of photo. That, all I had one big brick of photos and it broke my heart so much. I didn't even want to look at what photos I had lost. Much less so, but similarly, mm-hmm. I don't even know what Apple Music thinks I have anymore. There's like out of, there's a now a couple out of print uh, records this week, actually this weekend. There's a couple out of print records by the church, uh, the church, uh, this, um, I think New Zealand, Australian, but, you know, the band that did under the Milky way, but like their first couple records in the early eighties are really good. Like post REM melodic power pop. And I've had the CDs forever. It used to be easy to get the CDs. And of course I ripped them and then they got into the cloud sync stuff, but Apple Music doesn't seem to think they're there. The stuff that I do have, the metadata is just trash. And like mostly what Apple Music has done in the last few years, it's so ironic that the the company and the service, if you include iTunes Store, the service that really kicked off the legal, street legal uh, streaming revolution, it's just like, I do not trust them. Uh, They've broken my heart so much with the stuff I thought was synced up and correct and I'm no Jim Dalrymple, but man, it's really, it's a real bummer to go in. And it's like, I don't know. It's like seeing a, seeing a friend from, uh, from high school who, who used to love and find very attractive. And now they're a grotesquerie. That's the, meta, <laughs> that's my <laughs> Apple music collection. I don't even want to visit anymore. So yeah, but in so doing again, we're now we're back to, again, back to behavior and uh, decision-making anticipated results. With Spotify, I have my locally, my, it can, you can point it at your local like iTunes library or whatever mm-hmm. library and listen mm-hmm. to it locally. I don't think it syncs it up anywhere, but I've stopped expecting that because they have most of the things. But you still can't find the church. I don't know why it's so difficult. I guess they're just out of print and that's how we live now. But uh, boy, they're really good. I'll put a link in show notes. No, why not? Church. Uh, the church. Uh, and then what was the record called? The Blurred Crusade. It's a really good one. Um. So that's cool. Uh, other odds and sods. Um, I wanted to mention. I don't want to go too far into this because I don't want don't want this to take over every podcast episode that I'm on for the next few weeks. But we have a um, we have a new pet friend in the family, and this pet friend um, is in what's called a vivarium uh, that requires a heat lamp. So I wanted to mention like a couple pretty cool wackadoo products that have been handy for me. May, may I proceed? Yes, go for it. I don't know if this is 100% in stock and available because the one I bought from Amazon is not currently showing up, but so look for a company called Koo Geek, K-O-O, 
G-E-E-K. K-O-O. Yeah. Okay. Cool geek. Cool geek. And I'm clicking. This is a light strip thing? No, it's a power strip. And, um, oh, good. They do still make this one here. Okay. Yeah. So it's a power strip. Uh, and it's, it's, you look at it and you go, eh, I don't know. That looks like a pretty, pretty silly power strip. It's got a few power things on it and some USB ports. Like that's not particularly distinguished. The one that I've got, which I'm having trouble putting my hand to right this second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you can see the, uh, O1EU outlet. Looks like we'll do it. All right. Anyway, long story short, check it out. It's a, it's a HomeKit enabled power strip, which means that um, when it's plugged in and configured and you've scanned the code, in this case, the one I've got, it has a few USB ports uh, and three 110 plugs on it. Okay. Like pretty boring as power strips go. Right. Um, what's cool is each of the three power strips is a separate device or a separate. Um, so like if you, you, if you, once you get it on HomeKit, you can do all the HomeKit things to it. Each one has a separate button, a physical button on the power strip, but it also then shows up in the Kugi app and in the, um, in HomeKit works with Alexa, works with Google. So you can, do you see where I'm going with this? So you, now you have a power strip where, where each of the three outlets on it, uh, is usable with a voice assistant or with home, in my case, HomeKit automation. Right. So turn on, turn on the basking rock at this time, turn off the heat lamp and the UV lamp at this time, and it's all automatable. I just think that's a clever idea. I'm surprised there aren't more things like this. I, I like the idea. I have, I've had several powers, uh, power strips with uh, good plugs and, uh, and good USB stuff, but I, I, I had not encountered one that has HomeKit functionality. That's very cool. Back in the old days, I remember I used to have a power strip at the... Uh in the server room that we had to have a phone line for, but it was a remote reboot switch. So you had a special reboot? special <laughs> phone number and it, you would dial in and this little box connected to this power strip thing would, and they have them now, of course they're all networked uh, over TCP IP, but you would dial up your phone line and it would answer. And if you entered in the right code, it would reboot whatever was connected to it. So you... That's, that sounds simple, but it's not. Because if you yeah, think about I mean, it for it a second, right? it's, it's, not, it's more difficult than it sounds to do. Yeah. Because how do you know? I mean, if you can't, if something went wrong, how would you be able to get <laughs> connected to find out what it's went all, wrong? It's all we had in like 19, you know, 93. I'll tell you a secret. They didn't pay for this. But um, uh, because I'm saying this on my own, I feel okay saying this. I have two uh, different kinds of... If I'm buying power power strips how would you call it power strip mm -hmm. i have two two brands that i really like and i'll just say that one of them is kensington there you go they make the smart sockets mm -hmm. line of products which are really cool and like each one has a color associated with it and you could put that color like a little sticker on the the cord and it has usb and they're not ugly they're actually kind of cool looking i'll put one in notes do it kensington i also like the ones with the little swivel do you, ever see, you ever seen the ones where you get like what looks like a pretty standard looking beefy surge protector power strip, but you could all uh, each of the outlets will swivel. So the, that's a must. Hold on. It's a, yeah. The one I got right there under the desk is one of those. It's a Kensington yeah, one. I, also. one right, I, don't, I don't know if this one's a Kensington, but uh, I think it's not, but um, good stuff. Good. You know, you, you think, you think you're not going to see innovation, but uh, then you see innovation. Little things like that. Anything that makes the 
thing sit flat against the wall so it can go behind furniture and spin? Oh, yeah. oh. I need to. So once we've once we've got everything settled uh, with our little dragon boy uh, and everything's in place, um, I'm gonna do the Velcro thing. Probably put it on the stand. Yeah, hide it away. Um, the other one is because we have a new bearded dragon we like to spy on. Uh, I bought this camera a while back. This is going to be like a somewhat muted recommendation, but I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a camera called Wise, W-Y-Z-E. And I, I bought it and used it, but I didn't go crazy with it because it lacked a lot of the stuff that I super love. But I would say it might be worth checking out. W-Y-Z-E. Here's the Wise Cam. That's not the one I've got, but uh, it's, it does like a 1080 like an HD, I think it's 1080, but it does like, uh, yeah, I think it's 1080, 1080 image. Uh, so one way in which it's like an old school networked camera. Remember back in the day, you'd get like an Ethernet cable, you plug into a camera to put it somewhere. Sure. But it was cool because even in the 2000s, you get the kind of camera where you could, it was like a, like, a, um, <laughs> like a lizard's eye. You could move it around and up and down. Well, this will do that. Once you've got it mounted somewhere or on a table somewhere, you can control it with a, with a phone app. Right, so you can move it around, left, right, up, down. Uh, it also has tracking. It has motion. First of all, it has motion tagging, so that if you're scrubbing through images, you can find like where motion seems to. You get like a green box around what moved. That's cool. Um, but maybe for Dan Benjamin types, here's the really cool part: uh, is <laughs> you pop in a, um, a a micro SD card to record the video, so it's all captured locally on the camera doesn't go anywhere it just well that is to say it's not getting uploaded somewhere you're you can watch a stream of it um but it's kind of cool all that's in it's in a pretty cheap package and it's a great way to spy on your uh, on your dragon and i think wish, wish more places would do that let you have do you know what i'm saying the distinction between that and paying ten dollars a month for some company to keep your stuff on an aws server that may or may not be safe i like the idea of if you're going to have a camera in your home having the option of a micro SD card to capture. That's very cool. And, and boy, has that gotten cheap. Oh my goodness. Oh I yeah, micro SD is so affordable I, now. It's insane how cheap it is. So this camera is like 20 bucks. The um, And the card that I got, maybe a SanDisk, I want to say 128 gigs for less than 20 bucks. Now listen, yeah. if, yeah, if our listeners are Switch people, do not buy one of the Switch Nintendo Switch SD cards, they are no different in any they just, way. They just charge more? They just have a picture of Zelda on them. That is the oh. only difference. Now, if you want that, yeah, then you can pay sure. for that. But the, but the cards themselves, the, there, there is nothing different about the, you know, made for Switch or buy Switch. They're just, they're just same exact card as the regular SanDisk card. That's wild. Get any kind you want and don't pay the extra cuz I think like the regular one is a third less. Huh, so don't really? don't get, don't get tricked. Is it better if you put it in your mouth? Uh, I haven't tried that. I can go home and you, try, you that try that. With your cartridges, That'll right? be my homework. Yeah, of course we sure. talked about that. Did we? Mm, Which one? I one? thought so. <laughs> okay. So maybe uh oh, the links aren't working. Something went wrong. Oh no. Oh well. Anyway, um, so, you know, probably end up talking more about lizard stuff at some point. He's, he's really, really quite grand. So for um, people who are not understanding yeah. what Merlin is talking about when he says yes. lizard and dragon, yes. Yes. Merlin has gotten some adopted. kind of adopted, some kind of lizard pet that looks really cool yes. 
and it's is a bearded dragon. A bearded dragon, which we, you, I could get one of those. I could literally, as I'm driving down the road, <laughs> stick my hand out the window and pull really? back a dragon. Yeah, that's easy. That to would do. be such a cool move. <laughs> that would be so Cone Brothers. It's, that would be awesome. You could flick your cigar and yeah, that would be really cool. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but I understand that they're not uh, as common in California. I think they are from, I want to say Australia. Um, and I'm going to try not to keep talking about it all the time because I know it's boring when people do that. But he is a, a sweet, precious angel. And I will send you uh, a recent photograph, a photograph uh, of him from yesterday. Is it an adult you, you, or a you, juvenile? You, yeah, yeah. He's a big boy. He chonk. He's like, I think he's like supposed to be like four. Um, and he's a, he's an angel. So What's the lifespan on um, those things? Um... Oh, longer than I'd like. Yeah. Yeah. Like she'll, she'll be in college and you'll still have it. <laughs> she's not going to college. Oh, okay. No, she's going to work in the mines like her dad. Okay. Like, the content mine. <laughs> Look at that face. Look at that sweet face. Oh yes. I mean, it's, it's, it is, it looks clean. <laughs> Thank you. That's a, a plus. Uh, he looks very clean and articulate. Yeah. He looks very clean. I don't see color in lizards. Is it a male? It's a male. He's probably foot and a half, two feet long, including his tail. How do you He's know? A, how long is the body from nose to the base of the tail? We haven't had a chance to measure him yet. He's been going through some relocation anxiety and we've been like mostly trying to like leave him alone. Mm -hmm. But we, we took him out yesterday. Um, we've been taking him out once a day to hang out just a little bit. He just sits in my daughter's lap with his eyes closed and she pets him. Do, why are the eyes closed when he's sitting? Because he's relaxing. And that's why, or are you... Or maybe she's maybe he's planning some kind of t attack, but... Also, she reads to him. She reads a book about Norse mythology to him to help him relax. Do they hear well? I don't know. They got big ear holes. But um, that's not that... an indication. I have big ear holes and I hardly hear anybody. What? Are they... Do they yeah. respond to affection or being touched? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to send you down a rabbit hole here because you're going to want one. But you go on YouTube and um, they're very companionable. They really like people. You could like... When you sit in a room... With a bearded dragon, they like they like look at you, and then they really like to come out and be held and hang out, mm -hmm. and they like to eat blueberries, and it's the cutest thing in the world. They go, really Do you cute. have you made any videos of that? Oh hell yeah! Can I see one of them eating a blueberry? Oh, I, we don't have many of those because he's like I say, he's got relocation anxiety. Well, I would that? love to see. Yes, uh, every day I would love to see <laughs> a video of that. Um, well, uh, he's it's super cute when he eats. He's mostly been eating. Uh, we make him salads mostly, uh -huh. <laughs> so he has not had any protein since he uh, joined our home. Uh, he's just been having a little salads, a little bit of organic kale. Uh, we we fed him some worms, but he has not shown any interest. It take you know how it is with a new pet friend. It takes a while to adjust. I've already said too much. Do you Look think that, that, that? Look at that face. His yeah, he's really cute actually. Yeah. Uh, I have no problem with lizards. I had an iguana, mm -hmm. but they cool. get real big. Ooh. Does this thing it, pee and poop or does it just poop or does it have do a bird dropping? Yes. I'm asking. I imagine it's when, like a bird dropping. Well, yeah, it's a pee poop. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if he's got like a cloaca or what, but he'll drop a pee poop. So it's got, it, it is a little bird-like in that it is, it's a pee poop. It's a piano poop in one. So you got the darkness of the poop and and then kind of the whitehead looking part is is the pee. <clears throat> and it's pretty it's pretty moist. Also when you give it a bath sometimes it poops. In the bath, in the bath water? Yeah, it helps them relax. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why you don't go to hot tubs anymore, I think. Well. 
Checking like that, you don't eat all at once. That's right. Oh, he looks all really right. cool. How b- much bigger will he get at four years? I would no, think no. He's... He's, he's. I think he's pretty much full size. Yeah. But he, he's also shockingly light. He weighs like about a pound. I would encourage you to go seek out photos and videos of bearded dragons because they are pretty cool. They are a classic beginner reptile. Like a gateway reptile? Gateway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, 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 like marijuana or vaping, <laughs> but, but cold-blooded. <laughs> okay. Well, Does it have, up? wait, wait, wait. Does it have a name? Yes. Will you share the name? No. We share it with me privately later. No. <laughs> I'll share with you privately. I'll share All with right. you privately. Okay. All right. Let's button this up. All right. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.